the first thing is, is the courage to draw. Yeah. So everybody tells me I can't draw, but the reality is everybody can draw. If you're printing handwritten notes or you're writing cursive, you're actually drawing. Yeah. You just don't understand how you're putting that information together. If you're willing to learn to draw, then it's, you're able to, to learn how to do this. But if you're not, if you just say, oh, I'm just not comfortable with that, <laughs> or I don't want to be the one running the boat here yeah. and kind of having to turn my back on everybody to talk, uh, then I would suggest you either hire in a graphic recorder, a graphic facilitator, or like me, a visual translator. What will you do to unlock innovation? In today's fast-paced world, innovation might not be enough. Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt, and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges. Welcome to Mind Innovation. I'm your host, Senna Vending, and I'm always excited to learn. And today we're going to talk about visual note taking and graphic recording um, and what's the value and that what's the benefit. I want to welcome Kevin Dolly, Director of Experience Innovation and also Chief Visual Translator at The Thinking Canvas. Kevin, welcome. I've been excited. I saw you on LinkedIn, but you know, we were like LinkedIn <laughs> connections, almost connections. And I was like so yeah. impressed with your, you know, how you're translating all this visual, what's going on at conferences. So, so welcome to, to the podcast. Well, thank you, Sana, for inviting me. And I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed with all that positive thinking you had there. Thank you. No, good. Um, so I, I always want to ask a kid, you know, because everybody has their own, you know, how do they understand, you know, words or definitions and stuff like that. So, so why is like visual translation? Why is that valuable? And what's the benefit of these visual notes? I want to hear what you what you've seen and heard. And and yeah, well, first of all, it's a great question because most people look at what I do, and the first impression they get is, oh, he's doing little comics and he's kind of taking this note and that note. And until they start to dive into it. Do they really realize that when I'm capturing is conversation and ideas? Yeah. And part of that, it goes beyond context. So for instance, when you type out the notes of a meeting, there's no emphasis on emotion or mood or even what they may be connected to because we kind of, we have to write in a linear process. Yeah. What I do is actually work the same way we think, which is kind of all over the place all the time. So my role is to actually add context to the contents. Yeah. And that has a lot more power because we see the relationship between ideas. Yeah. So so we get like more experience out of it, right? When you see it or you have a memory of it, then instead of just seeing, as you say, just all the lines, but seeing something, you remember, oh, you had, you know, if it's the ship or if it's the the rocket, right, of, of launches, what's, what's going in the air. Yeah. Our brains are really wired to be triggered by visual images rather than just text yeah. because we have to process when we read text, we have to process so much just to get the idea back in. Yeah. But when you see a graphic or an image uh, like the boat behind me, yeah, what was going on during the meeting at the time that we involved that graphic is a trigger. The minute you see it, you literally are brought back right to that meeting and go, Oh, I remember what was being said. And I remember who was there to say it. Yeah. So yes, it's a very powerful tool that way. Yeah. So how have you seen it? Like um, when you incorporate, you 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 add it in as a tool or like a a new way of a process. 
uh, in different companies. How how is that? What's the value and the benefit? What have you seen? Okay, so there's a lot of applications when we start thinking about translating language into visuals. But let me give you some great examples. So let's say you're about to rebrand your organization. You're about to rebrand uh, Mind the Gap. You're going to call it something else. But you're not really sure why you want to change or what that change needs to be. And before you bring in a branding company, what you can do is you can actually sit down with a session and begin to understand what your organization intent is. Yeah. And from there, you start to get some of that mood out of it. And eventually you have this kind of cool ideas what what the brand really is going to mean, what the promise you're offering. Yeah. Then you can hand that over to a branding company and they go, okay, we understand you understand your brand. We just need to do is package it now. Yeah. So that's one application. Another application, let's say you're a startup and you've got all these ideas and you're just, you're, you're so excited about what you're doing. The problem is, it's hard to convey an idea to somebody yeah. if they can't see it. So in one of the mechanisms, by having it mapped out, it's so much easier to explain your idea to somebody. So there's an old adage, and I always follow it. You can dream it, yeah, but you have to see it so others can believe it so it can be achieved. So it's always dream, see, believe, achieve. And that's one great method for startups or entrepreneurs who are trying to get their ideas together. The last one that I've constantly been used for is leadership alignment. And we've just come out of COVID or pandemic, almost out of it, I should say. <laughs> but something that's happened during the pandemic is companies downsized and even their leadership teams downsized. Yeah. And then during that period of time when everybody was away, they're trying to survive. They're on a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. But then as we started coming out of it, Suddenly they realize, hold it, we don't have the right leadership team or we're kind of been in siloed and we actually been out in space somewhere. So what happens is by using this tool, we can start looking at shifting from survival mode into a growth mode. What's the focus of our organization? Bring all of our leaderships together and see literally the big picture about where they want to go. Yeah. So there's no confusion with the leadership team. Yeah. So those are the three examples that we use for. Yeah. No, and, and I really like it. And also just to show that there is so many options, right, as well of applications of where you can actually use it. Have you then yeah. seen now by using it and been in all these different applications, um, have you seen that it actually creates more ideas or you get like more dynamic within this kind of meetings? So dynamic, yes. Uh, what you get is more contribution. Yeah. I don't know if we get any more great ideas. But we get more contribution because people see that their ideas are important because yeah. we can put them on the wall. And if you're recording their ideas, they feel valued. Yeah. So they contribute a little bit more. Instead of just sitting back there, just taking notes and kind of being the wallflower, they get involved with the situation. Yeah. And that's really important because once they get comfortable contributing, then the ideas and the dynamic range of ideas really comes into play. Yeah. So you can't be all over every time. So is there any of, of these companies that, you know, where you have been, you know, went in and facilitated where they said, hey, can you actually teach one of us some of your methods so we can do it ourselves? Or are they too afraid and saying, no, you know, uh, we need. Well, you know, the first thing is, is the courage to draw. 
Yeah. So everybody tells me I can't draw, but the reality is everybody can draw. If you're printing handwritten notes or you're writing cursive, you're actually drawing. Yeah. You just don't understand how you're putting that information together. If you're willing to learn to draw, then it's, you're able to, to learn how to do this. But if you're not, if you just say, oh, I'm just not comfortable with that, <laughs> or I don't want to be the one running the boat here yeah. and kind of having to turn my back on everybody to talk, uh, then I would suggest you either hire in a graphic recorder, a graphic facilitator, or like me, a visual translator. Yeah. So now you can probably ask me, what's the difference, Kevin? Yeah. Because <laughs> I get it every single time. Okay. So a graphic <laughs> recorder's job is to record content. Yeah. They do it with some of the graphics, but they're really just trying to capture the content. A graphic facilitator will use graphics to facilitate a meeting. It's very much close to what I do. Yeah. And I'll give you the difference. In my role as a visual translator, it's also dealing with what's not being said. Okay. What's not being shared. As a person who's been involved in business and in architecture for many years, I've had to learn how to look for what's not being said, what's not being done, and read the body language of the room. Yeah. That's the difference of a visual translator over a graphic recorder. Yeah. So, and that's powerful. Are there more of them like myself? Yes. But you're going to get like anything else in a service world. You're going to have the really good ones and you're not going to get so good of ones in back. So you'll have to do your judgment call and how well they respond to yourselves. So yeah. oh, I, and I like there is a place they can go. They can go to the International Graphic Recorders Institute. Uh, they're all over the world. But again, their, their focus is mostly on graphic recording. No, I, I like that. Actually, great explaining it. I should have done another intro right now, right? Instead of translator. But we'll keep my, my intro. Um, I also want to talk about, because the, you know, visualization and how we're communicating, right? We have emojis, we have GIFs, we have screenshots we share. Uh, you see more now. If there's anything where you're Googling, I am, right? And if I have to learn something new, I'd rather want to see a video and then somebody explaining it instead of just reading the, the text. So so how have yeah. you have you seen as well and i'm sure you have but i want to hear you know what you've seen and observed of the way you know we have changed of the how we communicate and how that have changed over the last couple of years well this may come to a shock to you but we haven't really changed for forty thousand years we have been drawing either on cave walls yeah on slates of stone and graphics and print text is actually the oddball in the whole process <laughs> but now we're kind of leaning back. I mean, look at Egyptians had hieroglyphics. We yeah. had pictographs. We had iconic uh, information. We're now getting to emojis, which are really nothing more than icons. Yeah. And what we keep on stumbling back into is that we like seeing information, not just reading information. Yeah. Plus, when you look down at your phone and you see all those little uh, icons, you know what they mean. They represent an idea or a collection of ideas. Yeah. Words, you have to kind of read through the words. Yeah. So people will say, oh, I'm a visual thinker. Typically, more than 82% of us are visual thinkers, even if we don't think we are. We also learn through graphics. When you were learning how to read, which is kind of strange, 
they used images of animals and fruits and all that. So you can learn your ABCs. Yeah. A was for Apple and things like that. So we've been programmed and been trained to recognize graphics as shortcuts to our thinking process. Yeah. No. So we're not no, we're no different than the cavemen except for the technology. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I also said, if, if I think when you're, if you're reading or you're looking at websites, if we just take websites, right? You're more doing a glance and you stop mm -hmm. when you some of these visuals and then you read. So sometimes I think the, all the graphics actually getting that attention. So you have that saying, oh, I've seen that before or it looks interesting. And then you actually are going to, to see what's, what's going on. Um, yeah, because yeah. you're programmed to be attracted to images. Because remember, one of the primary function of the brain in the, the very small part, the lizard brain, if they call it that, is its recognition, fight or flight. So when you see a picture, your brain has to go, do I recognize it? Yeah. If not, am I interested in it or is it harmful to me? And so your brain does this in split seconds. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, as fast as the synopsis can uh, fire, you're going through that. So you stop on videos, you stop on images, especially if it seems familiar to you. Yeah. And then, of course, you may get interested because, oh, I'll read the story here and then you go on. So, yes. We're all programmed to go after images. Yeah. Um, what what kind of advice will you give to to an organization or different teams? Because I'm pretty sure this will also help, right? Breaking down silos or have more efficiency and understand that you actually are going for, for the same goal. Um, so so how can how can you, you know, what what kind of advice will you give that this should be a good way to to do note taking or translating the meetings? You know, what 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 can you recommend? Okay. So this is a really key issue within visuals. Uh, for this, let's talk about your own personal note-taking. Yeah. What happens when you personally take notes, and we call it uh, sketch noting, because you're only doing it for yourself. <laughs> when you use graphics combined with ideas that you hear on a notepad or a sketch pad, what you're basically doing is you're telling the brain to function differently. So instead of writing text, you're going through this mechanical process in your brain and you start drawing those cute little doodles along with some of the information. What happens is you're training your brain to put that information directly into memory. Instead of having to go through this process of reading, translating, converting it, because you're actually trying to convert it into an image, which yeah. is amazing. So why not just start with the image and be done with it? <laughs> so that's kind of good for note-taking because it also takes you back to possibly what was happening during that meeting instead of having the long hand, which you don't read anymore. Yeah. Well, let's talk about teams. Let's talk about leadership teams and management. How does this impact them? So just like during COVID, what happened is we, as companies, we tend to go where the next available funds are, whatever, what can we sell? What can we grab? What can we get? Because we're in survival mode. We have to hunt as fast as we can. We're not in that mode anymore. So what happens is now teams have kind of diff seen a different perception or perspective of how the business is run. And it may not be the same. So how I see the business, Sana, may be different than how you see the business now. Yeah. And so that diversion goes beyond silos. It's really intention. And the intentions are different. So that can, dis that can basically disrupt the organization and cause failure more than success. 
So when we do these kind of graphics with teams to get them organized, say, hey, what is the intention of the organization now? Yeah. What are you going to do to grow? Now you can put it on the board and everybody can see this roadmap and say, oh, I see where we're going. I also know where we are. By doing the map like we have on the wall, I'm going to step to the side and let the audience see what yeah. I'm talking about. When we start doing a map like this and we talk about what's the big dream, that's really what's going to plan in the future. And we use all of these fun icons and graphics to basically say, hey, I want you to remember the ship because that's about forward movement and the sails. And we understand that we're on it together. There's no little dinghies floating around the ship. It's all on the same boat. Yeah. So that's important when we're using this type of information that everybody understands that this is a map for their future. Yeah. The other thing that really becomes powerful is that it puts the association between departments. So you talked about silos. Yeah. That is a that is so dangerous to organizations, but it happens. And it happens almost naturally. So what we do here is we say, oh, that department and my department actually do have some similar needs. So why not share that need? Or I can hand off a project at this time and that team can take it from there. Yeah. So it really does help in the planning, the organization and the relationship of an organization. So that's what one of the greatest powers for leadership teams moving forward, especially in these conditions. Yeah. So I've done a lot of like process mapping, right? Saying this is how we work mm -hmm. right now. This is the current state and this is the future, but more with boxes and arrows. <laughs> so, but, but have you, have you used the, the tool here for, for that kind of, of, um, of task or applications? Oh yeah. So uh, I have a client, a uh, personal client of mine, and they're in the middle of the redeveloping their, their business model because they're getting what well, they want to retire early. God bless them. The problem is, or the challenge is, I shouldn't say problem, but the challenge is to do that, they have to kind of change what they're doing. So they're basically actually recreating their product offering. Yeah. So by doing this, we can take out what works in their current situation and what they want to do to kind of improve on that. And we kind of shuffle the board on the big wall and say, oh, there's the idea yeah. that can work. No, we don't want to do that. That's not us. So we'll kind of highlight that in red and say, don't go there because we tend to fall and go, you know, we did think about that, yeah. but I can't remember why we didn't do that. Well, in the discussion, we know why it doesn't work. So it really can help an organization, especially if they're about to launch a new product or looking to look, create a new product Yeah, because there's our outdated or the technology has changed and that old technology is kind of, creaking along now and nobody really wants to deal with it so you can start looking at what are the pieces that really work best and what can we add to that to really make a robust product offer yeah does that make sense yeah no it does make sense i also think right that it's it's a good way or an easy i don't know if it's easy but you know if you have some complex information right creating this visual actually can make it a little bit more simple to understand yeah, someone once told me that we begin to create a story yeah. from the information. So you have noise that's out there and you turn it into data. Data is good, but it doesn't have any really relationship except from where its source was. Yeah. Now you kind of put a story to it and that's information. 
But the next level, the next level is intelligence. And this wall helps you create that story, that intelligence around what you're trying to do. Yeah. And everybody can look at it and go, oh, I get it. I understand it now. I know why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. So, and they can do it without you even saying it. People can walk up to the wall and go, oh, there's my idea. And, oh, I see how it's working. Now I see why we're going that way. That's why I said they have to see it to believe it. Yeah. That's yeah. the trick. It, it's almost like translating it for different languages, right? Into one language because you make it visual. It, it's, it's interesting because I started off just saying I was a graphic recorder or a graphic facilitator like everybody else. Yeah. Until I saw a woman sign language, uh, signing at a conference one time. I said, yo, that's amazing. And we got talking and she says, you know, you're doing the same thing I'm doing just differently. Yeah. You're translating what people are saying into a graphic format. So everybody yeah. else can see it who never heard it before or didn't understand it. Yeah. So that's where it started becoming visual translation. Basically I'm making sure I can tell the story to everyone, no matter what, who they speak or how they speak. So that's how it came about. New language. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so I, I want to touch on culture as well, because the, the organization you have touched now, right? Going in and, mm -hmm. and creating these trans translations. Have you seen that that has actually then impacted the, the company culture? It has, especially for the, the staff level. You know, management is, so you have to look at the leaders who are trying to create a, a vision for the future. Yeah. And then mid-management basically has to interpret that into some action items. And then they kind of feed it back down the, the pipe a little bit to the, the people in the trenches who are doing the work. But if you bring the people in from the trenches, and no offense to people who are in the staff, I'm kind of in there myself. But when they can see it and they can see what the vision is that the leaders created, yeah, they can actually understand why the managers are saying what they are or God forbid, they begin to realize the manager doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And then it's time for that discussion about, is this really your real role or are you just doing this because it's a more pay? And that could be detrimental to the company also. Yeah. So it kind of puts everybody on the same level of thinking, not, unfortunately not the same payroll level, but the same idea and thinking for the company. And they understand why they're doing what they're doing And it kind of gives them a positive lift and say, I do, my work is valuable to the company and I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. It connects. So yeah. That's a huge impact to culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what kind of feedback have you gotten over the last couple of years? I'm curious. I want to hear the success stories. Oh, okay. So um, one of my favorite stories is when they first started this, uh, doing this right after the recession. Uh, companies were in the same similar with there are now they were in a shell shock mechanism after the recession and most of them didn't even know what to do it's like how how do we go where do we go in the future so we had a session two organizations had actually merged together and so there was that leadership hostility mechanism going on who gets saved who gets pushed off the island kind of mentality <laughs> So when we started doing the wall and they started looking at which way, how the two companies come together, what were the strengths of the two companies? They are began to understand that neither brand made sense anymore. And maybe it needed to be a mix of leadership team to bring this together because they're mixing the brand. 
So they created a, an idea, a promise to themselves and to their, their customers, says, okay, this was our promise. How does that manifest itself now? Yeah. So they went through the work and we got done with the drawing and we did a recap of the event and gave them recommendations. We went over the hurdles that they had and things like that. And they said, oh, hey, um, can we get a copy of that? I said, what's well, in your report? They go, no, no, we want the big copy. Yeah. So we had to go and have it reprinted. We had it mounted and we sent it to them. About six months later, we had one of our team go down there and had to talk to them because they're getting ready to launch some ideas. And they walked into the boardroom. That was replacing the artwork on the wall. Oh, nice. And what happened was is the CEO says, the reason I put it up there is to remind everybody our mission. Yeah. You know, not our roles, not our position, not what we need to sell, not the goals of the company, but our mission. Yeah. What was amazing is right after the recession, most of our clients were probably pushing at single digit gains just because they weren't up to speed. So over five years, they still weren't really making the, the goals that they wanted. They didn't want to hit the numbers. But the teams who have gone through this, the companies who have gone through this, started seeing double digit gains yeah. within the first four to five years. And coming out of a recession, you're already in the hole, but to have that pull you back out again. And they just started growing rapidly. They said, yo, we understand why we're doing what we're doing. We understand where we need to go. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, let's go look at a market. Is that a good market? Yeah, there's people there. We'll go there. That's where people are. They made decisions not to go in high population areas in certain areas because it didn't match what they were trying to do. Yeah. And so, yes, there's a lot of great stories. Uh, I've done this for charity board organizations. And some of the charities that I was working with, one organization or nonprofit, I should say, not charity, but nonprofit, was they had a strong history, 40 years and, and very good history of what they were doing, their intention, but they kind of had lost direction. They were just kind of doing, churning the same process day in, day out. And they were, as I said, the, the definition of insanity was do the same thing and hope for a different outcome. So we sat down and said, okay, let's get all the staff together, put them in one big room. And we did this in the room. And I asked them, you define the company from this point forward. Yeah. That kind of scared the senior management team, but surprisingly, they knew the value. So this process became their basically guide stone. And every employee, every staffer, every volunteer involved had that plaque, had a little version that came off the wall on their desk to guide them. So it impacted their culture, their performance, and the positive attitude that they were doing good every moment, each of them. So it, those are the kind of success. Oh, yeah, excuse me. Those are the kind of success stories that I really like. Yeah. Because they just called me back up last night uh, after I got back to St. Louis. They go, "Hey, um, we love what you did before." I'm thinking, "Oh my God, something went drastically wrong." She goes, "They want us to present present our story to the larger organizations. Why are we doing better than everybody else?" <laughs> we need your help. We need you to come in and help us tell the story. So it kind of keeps flowing. With, you know, it's another chapter in the storybook. Yeah. So the wonderful outcomes that I don't even expect. And there are some wonderful stories that are created from the page. Yeah. 
So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing. It is also like for you, I'm sure, right? Having that long impact as well. It's just, it's just an amazing feeling. Yeah. There, I have seen people who have seen my work. I could have a conference. I'll be doing some work at a, a workshop at a conference and then I'll, I'll have somebody come up and they look familiar to me. Yeah. I just, for some reason, I can't anchor them into what it was we did. Yeah. And they'll immediately come up and either show me a photograph they keep in their computer of the board yeah. or will begin to tell me the tale of the wall. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. They said, yeah. She says, we still keep it up. It still keeps us on track. Yeah. And I still remember that event to, to this day. Yeah. Tell me the last time you remembered a meeting five years ago yeah. to the, the detail that it has. Yeah. That's one of the other powers of this. Yeah, is it's it puts you right back yeah. into the meeting yeah. that day. So yeah, and and for them as well, I think it's also a good storytelling, right? Because it's a positive experience. It's something they remember. So then you also tell about it to others. So that's amazing. Oh, yeah, it, it becomes like wildfire after a while. You know, it's like they go, "Oh, well, we did this," and you can see them light up. Yeah. But one of the things I really like about this, and this is what just tickles me. And it has no profit to it whatsoever. It has no sales numbers to it. Is during the session when I'm start drawing, and that one person who's never heard from, or everybody just kind of goes, yeah, 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 and they feel like they're being constantly pushed down, suddenly fires an idea off to me. I think, wow, that has so many anchors tied to this, and I draw it, yeah, and I put it like near the center of the page and highlight it. And that person suddenly becomes empowered. Yeah. And I turn around to look at them and you can see it. They, they will fight for that idea now and they're happy to do it. And they're proud that I took control. I took their idea and made it important. Yeah. So it's, it can lift people up. And I always like that when the light goes on and the courage kicks in and they go, no, that's my idea. And that's why I like it. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, we're almost at the end here. So I always love to ask my, you know, oh. yeah, I know, you know, what, what kind of advice? We can go on for, I can go on for hours. Not about you. <laughs> you're back. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, no, I want to ask, you know, if you have to give yourself an advice like 20 years ago, what kind of advice would you have given yourself? You know, a lot of people look at this and they look at, first thing they say is, oh, it's, it's kind of art. It's kind of childish. It's cartoonish. And then take yourself and look at myself and go, this is going to be a professional tool. 20 years ago, I would have looked at it and go, man, you're crazy. Nobody's going to ever think this is a professional tool. I would have told myself 20 years ago, be brave, do what you do best, and share it with the world one way or another. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. So. Awesome. I love it. I've just, I'm going to follow you every second now. Um, uh oh, 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 I got another stalker. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, if any of the listener, you know, wants to reach out to you, how, how can they contact you or find you? Well, I, I'm hoping that you'll be able to post that QR code that I gave you. That'll take everybody right to my LinkedIn page. Yes. So my profile page, just connect me there. But do tell me when you do it, don't just go connect. Tell me that you saw me on uh, MTI. Yeah. Uh, oh, mind the gap, excuse me, mind the innovation. Yeah. Tell me you did it and tell me that Sana sent you so <laughs> I know who you are. Or you can email me directly. I have two email addresses. One is kdully, that's K-D-U-L-L-E 
at newground.com. That's my professional life. You know, as I say, that's my Clark Clint or Clark, woo, Clark Kent personality. Or you can reach me at Kevin Dully at earthlink.net. That's my superhero identity. So I have two identities I have to work with. Uh, so you pick it. If you okay. want the, the business guy or the crazy guy, you go ahead and pick it by the email. I'll take both. No. Okay. And I'll make sure to put it in the show notes and also on the um, on the episode page on mindinnovation.com. I'll put it there as well. Also your, your QR code. So, so Karen, thank you so much. I just love the, you know, how talking about the translation, the one language, the storytelling, and also just the last piece here where you said, how is actually you're taking part of empowering people in these kind of meetings or, or conversations? I, I just love it. So thank you so much. Oh, no. Thank you, Sana, for having me on here. And Trying to uh, trying to explain to people that no, I'm not the crazy guy who draws cartoons on the wall. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Innovation Podcast. New episodes are dropping bi-weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcast. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Santa Vending. You can also find me on YouTube, search for Mind Innovation, or go to my website, sanavending.com or mindinnovation.com. Stay curious, keep learning.